Kenny Phillips remembers the day clearly, the way you do when unexpected moments change your life. It was the fall of 2013. Kenny was living in Rockwall, Texas, near Dallas, in a nice big house. Three bedrooms, 2,200 square feet, and he remembers standing in an empty kitchen, staring sadly at his gas stove. Kenny's a chef. He loved that stove. It had all the bells and whistles. And I think chefs really pride themselves in their equipment, and I really wanted to take it with me, but I couldn't because I had no place to put it. So that was kind of a bummer. The stove reminded Kenny of the life he once led, chef to the rich and famous in New York. He fed everyone who was anyone, Jay-Z, Warren Buffett, so many others. But then he lost everything in a bad divorce. So now Kenny had to move. As he stood there, his friends from the Rockwall Presbyterian Church helped lug his boxes out of the house. It wasn't easy deciding what went in those boxes. It never is when you're downsizing. Eventually, Kenny dragged himself out of the kitchen. He, his family, and their friends drove down the road to a small mobile home in a town of mobile homes called Mobile City. In just a few years, Kenny had gone from posh Park Avenue to a trailer park. What can you see outside your window right now? It's fairly nice. I mean, there's a little bit of a lawn in between each mobile home and uh, kids playing. And plus, it's a very quiet neighborhood. Did you ever think that this would be your view? Never. I never thought in a million years. So what happened? Well. This is Home Made an original podcast by Rocket Mortgage about the meaning of homes and what we can learn about ourselves in them. I'm Stephanie Fu. In this episode, a personal chef to the stars who became mayor. If you walk down my driveway a little bit and you look to the right, you can see I-30. Mobile City sits 30 miles to the east of Dallas. As a city, it's a little unusual. There are only about 200 residents They all live in the same trailer park as Kenny. There are 60 mobile homes, a taco stand, and a liquor store. In fact, Mobile City incorporated in 1990 just so we could legalize liquor sales and tax them. Over to the left of that a little bit, we have this patio area, and I just bought new picnic tables because the old wooden ones were all falling apart. The town didn't exist when Kenny was growing up on the other side of Dallas in a working-class town called Azel. All Kenny wanted growing up was to be safe and secure in a cozy home with his parents and brothers. But when he was five, his father left. Why did my dad leave? I mean, I understand maybe that him and my mom didn't get along, but wasn't I worth hanging around for? So that was a struggle. Things got better when his mom married a stepfather, a kind man who coached his little league team. But a few years later... He left, too. Kenny's mom had to sell the house. He was so upset, he stormed onto the lawn and destroyed the for sale sign. So, you know, for the longest time, I I was, I wouldn't say bitter, but it caused me to ask those questions. What's the meaning of life? What am I here for? What is going on? And do I have any control at all over what's happening in my life? Kenny's only anchor during those destructive divorces was his grandma. She cooked up a storm in their small kitchen, new recipes and family favorites. And Kenny sat nearby, 
amazed by how she could transform simple ingredients into tasty dishes. And what did she make that was like her comfort food? Oatmeal and pancakes. Mm. Oh, man, her pancakes were great. After high school, Kenny took a job as a lowly prep cook at a hotel restaurant. But after shifts, he stuck around to watch the head chefs whip up gourmet dishes, the same way he'd watched his grandma. It's like creating a piece of art on a plate. Not only could you see the art, sense the art, smell the art, but then people that it were served to begin to eat the art. Kenny worked at a bunch of different Dallas restaurants. By the time he was 32, he'd been a chef for nine years, and he'd worked his way up to head chef. He decided to strike out on his own as a caterer and landed a job in the cafeteria of a seminary. The clientele wasn't fancy. He cooked for priests and their theology students. But it was really satisfying. I was not only being able to serve them in that capacity and help nourish them, but in the word it says, feed my sheep. So I felt like I was doing what I was created to do. So You're doing the Lord's work. That's right. That's what I truly felt like, indeed. What did that mean for you? Well, it meant a lot because, I mean, if you find something that you love, then you'll enjoy going to work every day. And the added benefit was not only was I enjoying what I was doing, but you had a sense of purpose, a real sense of purpose, almost like it was a calling. And then Kenny received an interesting offer. A friend told him about someone looking for a personal chef. He went to the interview and it was kind of mysterious. He was asked things like, can you cook high-protein meals? How about low-fat dishes? Healthy carbs? I answered all their questions and I said, look, I don't know who, who this is. And then they told me, well, this is a gentleman by the name of Alex Rodriguez. And I thought to myself, okay, Alex Rodriguez. I didn't know Alex Rodriguez from Pudge Rodriguez, okay? <laughs> it is baseball Pudge Rodriguez was the starting catcher for the Texas Rangers and definitely no slouch. But Alex Rodriguez was something else. Most people know him as A-Rod, one of the greatest to ever play the game. A Hall of Famer who now ranks fourth in career home runs behind legends like Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron. And so here's Kenny, a working class guy, cooking for the highest paid baseball player back in 2000. You know, we just talk like normal people. Buddies from the baseball team would come over and after lunch, You'd hear him running out the front door yelling, shotgun, shotgun, and jump into his bright canary yellow Hummer to drive off to the baseball park. And so to me, he was just a down-to-earth young guy, you know. He was only 25 years old and a big fan of Kenny's cooking, especially his chicken and shrimp pasta with creamy sauce. To the point where I I got concerned because that's a lot of starch and it's a lot of high carbohydrates. And I was like, man, it's going to slow you down. But I knew how to prepare things that if I felt like he was getting too much of that high carb, you know, I would cut back on the pasta and replace it with, we do whole grain rice dish one day or sweet potatoes instead of regular potatoes. Kenny spent 10 to 12 hours a day at A-Rod's house when the team played home games. And he became really close with the family, especially Alex's wife, Cynthia. She was like, boy, we're going to keep you around until the girls have gone through college. And they had had two children. And I pretty much, I wouldn't say raised their oldest daughter, 
But I, I was there with her a lot of the time. And Cynthia would say, would you go down to Babies R Us with me and different things? In Texas, A-Rod added to his reputation as baseball's marquee player. And it gave Kenny a bit of a rep, too. On nights out, his friends bragged about him to strangers. People would introduce me and say, this is my friend Kenny. Oh, he happens to be the private chef for A-Rod. What did that feel like? Well, I think feeling gratified is an understatement. It was exuberant. In the summer of 2004, A-Rod was traded to the New York Yankees. So Alex and Cynthia relocated to a massive three-bedroom condo overlooking Park Avenue. He rented his own apartment, but when the team was in town, Kenny cooked day and night at their place. He says the kitchen was a luxury he'd never seen. Everything was commercial grade, top of the line, a chef's dream. On off nights, A-Rod invited over all kinds of celebrities and billionaires like future President Donald Trump. Kenny fed them all, and while he was no millionaire, he was making good money for him. Six figures. He bought a house for his family back in Rockwall. He regularly flew his wife and kids up to see Broadway shows, and there was an apartment in Miami. Security for Kenny started to mean something different. The lifestyle was incredible. Even in Miami, oh, Lee, Coconut Grove mm. and going to Miami Beach, to me, that, that was that was the bomb, man. I mean, and I had a Jeep Wrangler top down, driving down uh, Miami Beach with Frank Sinatra. Come fly away, come fly away with me. We think that with that amount of money comes security with your home. Do you think you sort of fell into that trap of belief? I think so. Yeah, I did. In 2008, things started to change. A-Rod seemed preoccupied, wasn't focused. Weirdly, his taste in music had changed. Kenny says A-Rod listened to the same Madonna CD over and over. And, you know, he, I started seeing these books. It was some kind of religious book, you know, it's called Kabbalah or something. I don't know if that's the name of it. Yeah, Kabbalah, yeah. So I was going, what is this? I had seen this deterioration in a relationship happen too many times, and I saw the signs. So I pulled Cynthia aside a couple times. She goes, oh, don't worry about it. It's just a phase. He always goes through these phases. Turns out this wasn't just a phase. A-Rod and Madonna were seen hanging out more than a couple of times. And eventually, Cynthia filed for divorce. When she left New York for Miami, all the staff she had hired were let go, including Kenny. I poured all my efforts and energy into doing that for eight and a half years. So it was almost like losing members of your own family. Yeah, it was like going through a divorce myself all over again. Mm. Yeah. It was the third time a divorce cost Kenny his family. There was the divorce between his mom and dad, his mom and stepdad, and now this. It was really triggering and costly. When you lose a six-figure income like I was making, it's a train wreck. And there's casualties. And it's horrific. Yeah. And it's a false sense of security. Just like, you know, I'm working along. I've got a good income. I'm feeling pretty high on the hog. And then this family that's really not my family, their home breaks up. And so that all goes away. Kenny let go of his New York apartment and moved back to his family in Rockwall. He picked up a couple of cooking gigs, but then his back gave out. 
He worked less and less while the bills grew and grew. One by one, he sold off the things he'd accumulated when he was making good money. Basically, all that was left was the house. And soon, Kenny and his wife realized that would have to go too. They looked at rental properties, but those were too expensive. Then Kenny remembered a trailer park he'd driven by a few times on his way to get beer at the Chili Mart. But he'd never lived in a trailer park and had a cynical view of them. I even remember making the phone call to the leasing agent at the time and said, I just want to check before I move my family out there, what kind of people live there? Because you thought it was going to be what? Deadbeats and just slum living and, you know, broken down cars and junk everywhere. But when he showed up, he was pleasantly surprised. Small homes, but with three bedrooms. Not bad. More space than living on top of other tenants in an apartment building. The neighbors seemed nice, and the price was right. $7.50 a month. Kenny thought, this could work. But his wife wasn't as optimistic. The change in lifestyle was too much for her, and she grew frustrated with Kenny's inability to work. His back never healed. Did you miss the lifestyle? Everybody would know I'd be just talking through my hat if I said no. Yeah, I mean, you miss a lifestyle. They tried couples counseling. They went to see their church pastor. But by 2017, it was over. And it left Kenny alone in a mobile home, cooking over a much smaller stove. The next year was pretty quiet. Kenny had a lot of time on his hands, so he pitched in more at his church, fixed up the mobile home, got to know some of the neighbors, just lived life like a retiree in a small town. And then in 2018, the mayor of Mobile City, Dana Lawson, asked Kenny to join the city council. Lawson said all you'd have to do is go to a short monthly meeting. So Kenny said, why not? All right, I call to order the town commission meeting for the city of Mobile City. Commissioner Berry, do we have a quorum? Yes. We do have a quorum. If you've been to a city council meeting in a larger town, it's likely there were several council members sitting in a semicircle engaged in long debates. In Mobile City, meetings consisted of three people in Mayor Lawson's trailer. If you walked by, you might think she'd company over for iced tea, but there was real municipal business going on there. Okay, first matter of business. There's no citizens here, so no citizen comments. Kenny went to a few of those meetings, and then Mayor Lawson took him aside and said... I'm going to retire. I'm going to resign. And you can be the mayor. And I went, what? She goes, well, nobody else wants to be the mayor. And she said, so tag, you're it. Even in a small town like Mobile City, being mayor brings with it responsibility. Managing budgets, creating and enforcing bylaws and ordinances, and negotiating contracts for services like garbage collection. Things that directly affect the well-being of the residents. And unlike 90% of Mobile City, Kenny couldn't speak Spanish. There were lots of things he didn't know how to do, and yet he signed on. Well, I'm sure if I knew what I was getting myself into, <laughs> it would be different because it was an eye-opener, to say the least. But it was exciting in that I had never held a position before like that. Exciting, but Kenny had a lot to learn. He went to council meetings in nearby cities like Fate and Royce City, and my goodness, it blew me away how professional and how, you know, Robert's rules of order they were doing. And I was like, wow. He says he received a warm welcome from the other mayors. They showed him the ropes, encouraged him, and the rest Kenny learned by taking online classes that teach people how to be an elected official. He also put a language app on his phone to learn Spanish. That's a work in progress. 
I think there were life skills that I learned from a young age being in the kitchen because it was kind of like the military in the kitchen. Whereas now my heart has changed towards people. Before it was like back of the room, back of the house. You know, I, I do what I do and you either like it or you don't. Now it's like I'm out there right in the dining room, right in the community, right in the neighborhood, talking with the people. Residents go to Kenny for mayor-type stuff like bylaws that aren't being followed, but they also go to him for advice in a friendly ear. Like Hilda, the young lady that has the two teenage boys. Sometimes, you know, young moms with two boys, they don't know how to handle it all, you know? It's like there's no owner's manual for how to raise a couple of boys. So, um, She came several times for guidance about one of my boys did this or how do I give him direction? So, you know, we we sit and talk a lot of times. I've raised two boys. So I I felt like maybe I had a little bit of insight, a little bit of wisdom I could share. So Kenny adapted to his new role pretty smoothly. Life in sleepy mobile city chugged along. But then an actual political controversy blew up and it was up to Kenny to get in front of it. Mobile City is a city, but the trailer park is privately held. A couple years after Kenny became mayor, a new company bought the trailer park. They own and manage trailer parks in many parts of America. Kenny quickly noticed that the new owners were ignoring city ordinances and building codes, so new structures were going up without inspection. And then there was the issue of the rent. As soon as the new owners came in, Kenny says they started charging residents for utilities on top of rent. Rents went up $200, $300. The median household income for residents in Mobile City is around $29,000, not enough to absorb the rent hike. So people started moving out. These people have nobody to stand up for them. They have nobody to fight for them or to say enough is enough. Even though the city can't demand a way that a business should operate, you can certainly take them to task at saying, this is wrong, this is unethical, to treat the citizens of Mobile City this way. At the next city council meeting, where normally just three people and the mayor show up, 25 people squeezed into Kenny's mobile home. And I was just floored. The citizens aired their grievances and Kenny rose to the challenge. For the next several months, he filed complaints with the Public Utilities Commission. And the council passed something like 200 ordinances, making it harder for the new landlords to override policies. But they still did it. And then they came for Kenny. He told me they questioned his mayor status and sued him. So Kenny turned around and sued them for every ordinance and building code they ignored, which came close to a million dollars. This wasn't, we need a new stop sign, small town politics. It was complicated. There were procedures to follow, lawsuits and corporate lawyers. But as the battle played out, Kenny noticed a change in himself. That transformation, you know, it was huge. And I think it's still going on now, too. When you were talking about feeding the flock, well, it seems like you're sort of feeding the flock again. It does feel that way. It does. And I I think at this point in my life, too, a, a lot of what I do and who I am centers around my faith. Now, I'm not standing in a pulpit and preaching, feeding the word like that. But emotionally, psychologically, to some degree physically, by helping in a way, I I do feel that way. In the end, the new landlords capitulated and an uneasy truce has been brokered. But the situation is ongoing. Hi, Hi, Marcelina. Hi, I'm 
fine. I just wanted to come and check with you oh. and make sure everything is okay. I mean, it's not it's not fair what they are um, trying to do. And, and uh, my neighbor, she told me the day before yesterday, she was uh, uh, taking pictures again. They so they're gonna make a picture and say another fifty dollar fine. Another fifty dollar. Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah, crazy. Probably. Okay. Well, you keep me posted, okay? Okay. I'll stop Alrighty. by later. Okay. Then. Bye, Marisolina. Okay, bye. Kenny takes daily walks around Mobile City. It doesn't take long. There are only three streets. And people come up to him to say hello or to give him updates on how things are going. Kenny says he heard from lots of his neighbors about the pandemic. They were hit hard. There was also that historic winter storm that crippled Texas last winter. People lost jobs. Tensions flared. So Kenny passed an ordinance giving families $200 gift cards for groceries. And the response has been one of gratitude. It's these kinds of conversations that are the highlights of Kenny's mayorship. Not that Alex and Cynthia's relationship that I had with them was flighty, but a lot of those people that I met, you know, even Mr. Trump, you know, I mean, I, I didn't have sit-down conversation with him. I fed them dinner, you know, how did you like your dinner kind of thing and so forth. Whereas the relationships I have now have much more depth and much more sincerity to them. Yeah, it really seems like you have found your family and you finally found your home. Yes, I'm so grateful and thankful. It is home. How's your mom? My mom's doing good. She's good. just snoozing, you is know. Is she good? Yeah. She needs Saturday, it. She needs been working all week dealing with my this stuff. All too. That's yeah. nothing. Despite his new life and his new home, Kenny still remembers his time as A-Rod's private chef. He wants to write a book, Cooking for A-Rod. You should do it and then put it towards the mobile home park. Yeah. The profits. Man, I tell you, if, if we as a community could put together the funds and buy this thing so that each person owned their own little piece of our city, that would be so cool. You've been listening to Homemade by Rocket Mortgage. My name is Stephanie Fu. You can reach us at rocketmortgage.com slash homemade. Thanks for listening. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030.